0: He's risen. He's risen Amen. It's a good day, right? Yeah. It is a good day. Uh, I don't know if you realize this, but uh, today is April Fool's Day. <laughs> so that's just a weird, little, uh, strange thing. Because the story I'm going to tell you this morning, you're going to go, "I don't believe this." This seems impossible, but, you know, I just want you to know, this is why we went ahead and dismissed the kids. No kids in here, right? We have a big Easter egg hunt, right, in between services, so just so you guys can know, it's going to be really fun. It's our April Fool's thing. The eggs are all empty. (laughs) (laughs) And then you guys can just take pictures of them at home, where they're, like, crying, going, oh, you go, April Fool's, and they'll probably laugh. <laughs> yeah. uh, they might not laugh. So, we, we're, we're not really going to do that. Um, okay, so uh, I, I figured we had this elephant in the room about April Fool's Day and the whole resurrection thing, and I thought, well, we might as well deal with the April Fool's thing. So, what we're going to do is, together, we're going to do a quiz. And what I've done is, I looked up a bunch of uh, um, newspaper headlines. Uh, that all came from April 1st some year. Some of them are true and some of them are hoaxes. It used to be that the newspapers used to battle one another for April Fool's headline hoaxes. If you remember back in the days when there were newspapers, right? (laughs) Now it's Google. Google does this all the time. Don't believe anything you hear from Google today, okay? It's if they, if they, you know, put out some new thing that if you lick your screen, it tastes like chocolate, don't believe them, okay? <laughs> Google always lies to you. But these are old newspaper things. This one's not so old. came from 2017. Look at this first one. France is running out of butter for its croissants. Now, how many of you think that's true? Two of you? Three? How, and the, how many think it's a hoax? All right, let's see. <laughs> it's actually true. So apparently, there's some dairy crisis in Europe. France is freaking out because this the butter, the price of butter is getting ridiculous, and most of the supermarkets are no longer offering croissants because butter is too expensive. So, if you're planning on going to France for a croissant, just go to Starbucks. <laughs> All right, here's another one. This one's from 1878. Edison invents food machine. It's a machine that if you put dirt in it, it creates food, and you could, it'll turn water into wine. I think that's been done before, but he says he invented it, okay? How many of you believe that's true? Edison invented this thing. How many of you think it's a hoax? All right, let's see. That one was easy. Okay, this one is, this one is different, um... This one says, a cat named after Notorious B.I.G. was shot several times and survived. <laughs> okay? I know it's a little creepy. I get all that. If you guys, some of you are like, Notorious what? Then never mind. Okay? Uh, this is a cat named after a famous rapper who was shot, and now the cat was shot, and he survived. How many of you think it's true? Yeah, how many say hoax? You guys are such chickens. You're like, oh. it's like someone's going to judge you because you got this wrong. You're like, well, I'm in church. Everybody judges, right? Okay, what it, let's see it. This one is, oh, uh, this suspense is killing me. <laughs> Do we not have a slide for this? Oh, there it is. This one is true. This cat was shot seven times with a pellet gun. I know you animal lovers are going, oh, that's, why'd you include that? Just ruined your, but the good news is he survived, okay? So unlike his namesake, he got through the shooting. Okay, here's another one. New Denmark law requires that all black dogs be painted white. (laughs) Okay, how many of you believe it? It's true. It's a real headline. You think so, right? Those dated people, they do the weirdest things. How many of you say it's a hoax? All right, let's see. That one's a hoax. But you know what was pretty cool? People actually believed it because the idea was too many dogs are getting hit on the road. We got to paint the black dogs white so the cars will be able to see them, right? So it was a very humane thing. People started ordering paint cans. It was kind of crazy, okay? I love this headline. Uber's hunt for a female chief executive is narrowed down to three men. How many think that's a real headline? (laughs) Ad hoax? All right, let's see. It's true. So if you guys didn't follow this story, Uber was coming under a lot of fire for all kinds of sexism. They didn't have any high-ranking women in high-ranking positions and all that. So there were people picketing and all that. So they decided to search for a female CEO. And when they narrowed it down, it was three men and they picked a man and everybody picketed more. So I don't know. If you're upset about that, use Lyft. I don't know. This is a great one. Woman is given a lifetime bus pass in recognition of her 103rd birthday. (laughs) She's 103 now, okay? How many think it's real? It's true. (laughs) Yes, it is actually true. It is true. The bus company said we want to thank her for being such a loyal rider. So we figure the whole rest of her life, her 200, 300th birthday, she she can ride for free. All right, last one. I'll quit bothering you with all this. Burger King launches Whopper scented perfume. You know the smell when you drive past a Burger King? Right? Okay. So How many of you think it's true? Okay. How many of you think it's a hoax? All right. What is it? You know what? It, it actually, it actually started as a hoax. It was Burger King Japan, and this was a commercial thing they did on April first. And they said they were putting out this perfume, but it got such a um, response that they actually created this stuff and sold it in stores in Japan. So it's a hoax and it's not a hoax. Uh, it actually happened, sort of. What's that? I know, dogs chasing you all through the streets. You smell like a burger. I'll tell you what, you wear that perfume, I will date you. (laughs) I'm just being honest here. I'm going to leave it at that. (laughs) Okay, that's it. You have my word. Not going to be any more stupid April Fool's stuff. I think Ricky was messing with my slides, so I think there's not going to be more crazy April Fool stuff. And, and I'm telling you that, giving you that promise, because seriously, the story that we're here to talk about today is really far-fetched. It is seriously hard to believe. And, and I just want to be honest about that. It is pretty hard to believe that a dead person, not, not, this is not uh, Princess Bride, where he's just mostly dead, okay? Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ on Good Friday was nailed to the cross where he hung for six hours. And at the end of those six hours, they shoved the spear through his ribs, up through his lung and heart. And when they pulled it out, blood and water flowed out together, showing that the pericardium, the the the, the, the tissue surrounding his heart had burst. And literally, literally, Jesus died of a broken heart. He was dead. He's pronounced dead. He is um, quickly hurried off into a tomb because it's almost sundown. And when sundown comes on the Jewish calendar, the new day begins. It begins at sunset, right? And and that's going to be the Sabbath day. Because he dies on Friday, and when the sun sets on Friday, it becomes Saturday, and so you can't handle a dead body on the Sabbath. So they go and they take Jesus from the cross and quickly and hurriedly wrap his body a little bit, and they put him in a borrowed tomb, and they roll the stone across the entrance of the tomb, and he's really, really, really dead. Now, how many of you were here with us on, on Good Friday? Were you here? Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? Um, It was a long story. We talked about this story on Good Friday. And Jesus puts an exclamation point on the story of human history as he hangs on the cross and he says these words, It is finished. And when he says it is finished, he doesn't just mean my time on the cross is finished. He means I have paid the price for the sins of the whole world from all the way back to the Garden of Eden and all the way forward into future time. He says, I have drank the cup of God's wrath. It is finished. And that was our theme on Friday night. We said that because it is finished, love has won. But if that's the theme for Good Friday it is finished, then the theme for Sunday is, it's just getting started. Jesus, Jesus spoke the words, it is finished, but... When the rumbling started and when those soldiers began to look around and suddenly they just fell down as dead men. When the stone was rolled away and Jesus sat up in his own tomb and got up and took the time. Don't ask me why. I'd love to find out when I get to heaven. He took the time and took the face cloth and folded it and put it back down. But he just rose right through his grave clothes and they lay there with no body and he walked out Alive, And when Jesus walked out alive, it was as though he was holding the sign and said, Hey, everybody, it's just getting started. I got a plan. We're going somewhere from here. So if you happen to bring a Bible with you, look to the book of Luke with me. And we're going to read this familiar story. If you don't have a Bible, there might be somebody with you you can look on or just listen. We'll read it to you. But we're in Luke chapter 24. Matthew, Mark, Luke, New Testament, third book. Luke 24, beginning in verse 1. But on the first day of the week at early dawn they came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. Remember they had to hurriedly get him into the tomb before sunset and the Sabbath began, right? They hadn't had time to properly prepare his body. So they came back with the spices. They didn't do embalming so to speak, but they covered the body in these spices and this uh, this um, concoction that they made out of herbs and and they put it on they went They went there to put it on his body. Verse 2, And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee saying the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and crucified and on the third day rise again and they remembered his words and and they returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now they were Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of Jesus and also the other women who were with them were telling these things to the apostles. But these words appeared to them as nonsense, and they would not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen wrappings only, and he went away to his home, marveling at what had happened. I grew up in a house with two brothers. And in my family, that meant there was always somebody messing with you. That's what that meant. Uh, I, I was just thinking about this last night. I remember a time, uh, you know, well, let me just give you an example. It, at my house, it could be Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, the the table set, candles, the whole deal. And if you had to go to the restroom, you took your plate with you. (laughs) I was not leaving my food within the reach of my brothers. It was either going to be gone or it was going to be altered, Right. So you just take it with you to the bathroom and hope there's a shelf there or something to put it on. Right. Uh, One Easter, we're all gathered for family gathering and I got a big glass of soda and I'm drinking the soda. And somebody says, hey, can you go get some stuff out of the car? I get up. Sure. I go to the car get the stuff I need to get out of the car, I come back, sit down, everybody's continued talking, we're sitting around, I'm drinking my soda, drinking my soda. I get to the bottom of the glass of soda. It wasn't as bad as it could have been. They took a Jello Easter egg and they dropped it into my soda. And you know, soda and Jello. They don't mix, right? So that the jello just dissolved in the bottom and it looked like somebody sneezed in my glass, basically. Yeah. So, so I'm just telling you this, because if one of my brothers came into the room screaming, hey, get out, get out, the house is on fire, I would not move because I would know he just wants my seat, right? That's how my house was. That's how I grew up. Um And the combination of that upbringing and the fact that Easter falls on April Fool's, it just makes me think about how difficult it must have been for these people to believe that Jesus actually rose from the dead. I mean, there had been stories about people who had been raised from the dead. There there had been recent stories that many of them had heard about a little girl who was dead, and Jesus went in and just told her to get up, and life came back to her, and she got up. There's a story some of them had heard about a funeral procession, and the woman was carrying her dead son in the casket, and they came across Jesus, and they brought the casket down, and he laid his hand, and the boy sat up and was returned to his mother. There was stories about this guy named Lazarus who had been in the grave for days. The funeral was long over and Jesus showed up and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus walked out looking like a mummy in his grave clothes and they had to unwrap him and he was restored to life. People had heard the stories. And it's pretty remarkable if you raise someone from the dead, but to raise yourself from the dead, that's a whole other category, isn't it? And so I can understand why they must have been very, very skeptical about this. According to Luke's account, the women discovered the empty tomb and they heard a report from angels explaining that he was risen and reminding them that he himself had said, don't worry, they're going to crucify me, but on the third day I will rise again. And when they heard that from him the first time, they thought it was some sort of a parable or some sort of an analogy. They didn't understand what it meant because Jesus was always saying stuff and they had no idea what it meant, but none of them were willing to ask because they wanted to look smart, right? And so they had no idea that he was serious and they had forgotten all about this. But now the angel reminds the women, he told you this when you were back in Galilee, remember? But I'm guessing that even though those women believed it so that they rushed back to where the 11 remaining disciples were, I'm guessing that those disciples were raised with brothers (laughs) because they thought the whole thing was nonsense. And you know why? Because people can't raise themselves from the dead. And they knew that. But then something interesting happens in the story. Even though it seems like nonsense, Peter gets up and runs to the tomb. He has to see whether it really happened. He wants to check it out for himself. And he is just, he is just so interested in this story that everybody else is going, ah, it's a bunch of hogwash. And Peter's just scratching his chin going, yeah, but what if... And he gets up and he just starts sprinting toward where the tomb is. And when he gets there, he sees the empty grave clothes, the empty tomb, the soldiers laying down asleep And the stone rolled away. And he goes, huh. And he goes home. Why was he so interested? To know the answer to that, all you have to do is remember back to Friday night in the courtyard. There's Peter warming himself by the fire. Remember, Jesus had said before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. And Peter said, I swear to God, I'll never deny you. These other knuckleheads, I bet they run. But me, I'm staying. I will never, ever deny you. Jesus said, yeah, yes, you will. He said, no, with all due respect, Lord, I won't right? And there he is warming himself by the fire and he starts getting questioned. Hey, weren't you with him? No, I've never known him. Hey, I think your, your, your accent gives you away. I'm pretty sure you're one of those guys that is with him. Weren't you with him? No, I've never even met the man. And, and the third time that he's asked, Luke's account shows us that Jesus is apparently being led through the courtyard, right? As Jesus for the third, for the third time says, damn it, I don't know him. And only Luke tells us, out of all four gospel writers, Luke tells us that Jesus turned at that moment and stared at Peter. Jesus heard it. And then the rooster crowed. And then Peter burst into tears and took off running. Devastated. Imagine how ashamed Peter must have been. Jesus just staring at him and he finally goes away weeping. He had really, really messed up. How's God ever going to forgive him for what he had done? And then Jesus ends up on the cross and in the tomb dead. Must have been absolutely overwhelming sense of grief and shame for him. But Peter wasn't the only one who had trouble believing. Let's keep reading. If we pick it up in verse 13. And behold, two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And two of who? Two of his followers. Okay, okay. They're going back, they're talking to each other about all the things that have taken place, and while they're talking and discussing, Jesus, verse 15, approaches them and begins traveling with them. And, and if we were able to take the time to read it, we'd see that as Jesus comes to walk with them, he, they don't recognize him. They, the scripture says their eyes are incapable of recognizing him. To, to them, he's just another guy, and he says, hey, what are you talking about? And they go, what do you mean, what are we talking about? We're talking about what everybody's talking about. These events of the week. Did not you hear about Jesus? How he was crucified? And and there's this verse where, um, let me see if I could find it. Verse 21. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it's the third day since these things happened. These two guys are devastated and confused and depressed. Their hope was in Jesus. He is our deliverer. He is the Messiah that we've all been waiting for. We saw him ride into town on a donkey just on Sunday. He had the cape. He had the M on his chest. He is the Messiah. We cheered for him. We knew he was the guy. And now he's dead. And we're out of here. And they took off, and they were headed to this town called Emmaus. But you know what, guys? Jesus chased them down. <laughs> he, they couldn't understand how things had gone so badly. They were, they were confused, and they were disappointed with God. Any of you ever been there? Well, you, you, you just say, God, I prayed, and you didn't answer. Or I, I didn't like your answer. God, I, I needed something and you didn't give it to me. Or I thought I needed it. Disappointed with God, don't understand what he's doing, so you just walk away from him. That's what these guys have done. But I want you to know something. Just because you've given up on God doesn't mean God's given up on you. Just because you turned the page and said, well, I tried this and I hoped and I thought but it hasn't been what I thought it would be. You start to walk in a direction away from God, God hasn't lost sight of you. God hasn't ceased to love you. He hasn't stopped caring about you. He hasn't been any less involved in your life. He is relentless. That song that we sang today, his love is reckless. If he has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, he leaves the 99 and goes and finds that one. Because you know what? You're that one and you matter to God. And so just because you've given up on God doesn't mean he's given up on you. I wonder how many of us think God's just not with us anymore. But in fact, for some reason, our circumstances have just blinded our eyes and we don't see him. He hasn't left you. He's not finished with you yet. I mean, the empty tomb means that for your life, it's just getting started. God's plan for your life is just getting started. And, and the same was true for Peter. John chapter 21, when when. Jesus had already risen. Peter had gone off crying. And, and now we find Peter out fishing. And Jesus comes to the shore. And Peter comes to him. And they sit down. And, and Jesus says, Hey, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, Yeah. He asks him a second time, Do you love me? Peter says, Yes. He asks him a third time, Peter, do you love me? You suppose even dumb Peter was picking up now on the fact that he asked him three times? Just like he had denied him three times? You think Jesus was looking in the eyes of Peter just like he was looking in his eyes that night when Peter had broken his heart? Peter said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, great. I have a plan for your life. Go and take care of my sheep. We're the sheep he's talking about. And if you turn the page and go to the book of Acts, you see the Peter in the book of Acts. I mean, he's a different guy than the Peter we see in the Gospels. And God uses him to transform the world. So you, you may have given up on God, but God's not given up on you. And you may be overwhelmed with shame and thinking, there's no way God would forgive me. Guys, if there are sins God can't forgive, we're all dead. He's God. When Jesus said, it is finished, he was talking about your forgiveness. And when that tomb opened up and Jesus walked out, he was no longer saying it is finished. He was saying, hey, it's just getting started. This morning, I just want to remind you, God is not finished with you yet. Wherever he finds you this morning, I promise you, he's way more interested in your future than he is in your past. That's already been dealt with on the cross. All you have to do is accept it. And so I encourage you today to remember that it is finished, but it's just getting started. And if there's one message I want you to take away from today's message, it's this. Love is one. We we put it on the walls so you wouldn't forget. Love is one, my friends. The disciples had doubt. Jesus had love. The disciples had fear. Jesus had love. The disciples had shame. Jesus had love. The disciples had other plans. Jesus had Love. love. And my friends... Love is one. It doesn't matter how dark or confusing things might be. Easter reminds us that love is one. I don't care what's in your past. Easter proves that love is one. Your future is guaranteed in Christ if you'll simply trust him. Love is one. God didn't give up. He went all the way. And because he's alive we can be alive in him. I encourage you to receive the gift he offers you. Let's stand and pray together. Father God, we are thankful today that you are so good to us, that you do not give up on us, that you chase us, that you're relentless, that your love never fails. And Father, that in spite of all that we have done, in spite of all that has been done to us, in spite of this world that we live in that is so broken in so many ways, you have overcome. And that empty grave tells us that. Remind us of that every day. Remind us of that on Monday when we have to go to work and we drag ourselves back into that place where we can't stand being. Remind us that love is one. Remind us, Father, as we deal with crisis in relationships and we feel like there's just nothing we could do to fix it, remind us that love has won. Remind us, God, when we are so racked with guilt and shame and the enemy has got us believing that we can't even talk to you about it because you're turning your head from us, remind us that you never turn your head from us because love has won. God, help us to be people who follow you and experience you to the fullest. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.